You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode of Locked On Dynasty is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how are you? I'm great. Had a fun show with you last night. That was a blast. I urge everyone to go check that out and all the other Locked On Dynasty episodes this week. And let's dig in. I mean, I know we got some a lot to cover again tonight. We do. We do for sure. We're talking Dynasty ADP once again. This data, as we've talked about the past couple weeks, comes from in-season mock drafts that we host. Uh, I love them. It gives us a, a, a good understanding of how value is changing. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the top 24 players according to that ADP. Last week, we broke it down by position and talked top five at each spot. And this week, we're looking, really, I think it may be the most important piece of information, the risers and the fallers. Five players who have gained the most value, five players who have lost the most value over these first five or six weeks. And, and then what's, of course, most important there is how we react to that. Matt, let's start with the top five risers, and this is an interesting group. We'll get to, to each name, but spoiler alert here, all five are wide receivers. The five players gaining the most value are all wide outs. It won't be much of a surprise who tops that list. It is Mike Williams of the L.A. Chargers. This seems crazy to think about, but in September, Mike Williams was the 112th player drafted overall. Just before the season started, wow. you know, nobody, nobody was on Mike Williams. It's, it seemed like I, I certainly wasn't, uh, but he goes from 112 overall in September to 42 overall. He's a fourth rounder. He gains 70 spots of ADP. And I, I was looking at some rest of season rankings. I, I always appreciate those from, from our uh, redraft friends thinking about Mike Williams just for the rest of the season, some people are ranking him as a top five wide receiver. Where are you with Mike Williams for the rest of this year and and in Dynasty? Yeah, I think your words were nobody was on him. I was on him. I, I bought this guy. I owned him in, I think, six of my seven Dynasty leagues. Nice. And, and actively purchased him at that 112 level type of price. Uh, my one startup over the summer, drafted him, you know, I was all over him. I just thought, wow, this is a value. This is a top nine pick in the draft, yeah. uh, contract year, great young quarterback, nobody in his way. You know, like I saw this one coming. Um, I, I don't get many right, but I got that one. Right. Uh, yeah, it so, feels uh, good. It feels good. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I wish we had talked about it more in the off season because I, right. I was not buying, uh, but I, maybe I should have listened to you. He's coming off a rough one, yeah. as are all Chargers. Um, but he also was questionable to play in that game. Maybe he shouldn't have. They walked into a buzzsaw. I don't think that's who the Chargers are, especially their offense. Yeah, I think he's a top five rest of the way type of guy. You know, I mean, in redraft, I don't think he's much different than Justin Jefferson. You know, I mean, like, he's that good. 
Williams is a free agent at the end of the season. There's been a lot of talk about that. Of course, contract year is always a time when uh, we see players have best years of their career, and it's happening here. Uh, How do you think the Chargers handle this? I mean, Keenan Allen, he's starting to show his age a little bit. Yeah, and they drafted Palmer, who's a guy I definitely am targeting, too, on the cheap while he's on the down low. Um, I don't think they can let him go. I mean, as great as Allen is, this team's in it to win it. They don't want to rebuild, you know, around Herbert in terms of his receivers. I think he's, at a minimal, a franchise tag candidate. Wow. Crazy to think how far he's come. He's certainly come a long way in our Dynasty ADP. Again, he moves from 112 overall to 42 overall mike williams is a fourth rounder if he keeps playing like this he'll be even higher than that fourth round spot next player who has uh gained quite a bit of value and has really moved up in our adp is marquise hollywood brown he's up 46 spots Uh, again that just shows how much williams has climbed the top riser up 70 the second highest riser up 46 spots hollywood goes from 116 overall to 70 overall um, I, I will say this data was collected early in October. Uh, so what we've we've continued to see Brown play well, but we also saw Rashad Bateman come back in yeah. week six. And I think that could have an impact that could hurt Hollywood a little bit, I think. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, but I don't think it seemed like the most underreported news in fantasy last year. Brown finished last year really, really good. Like those last six, seven, eight games, I forget how many it was. Yeah. He was highly productive. Was it every week starter? People didn't, they must have had a sour taste in their mouth. They think he's Deshaun Jackson or Teddy Ginn or somebody like that. Like, that's not who he is at all. And this year could have gone even better if he catches a couple long touchdowns a couple weeks ago, too. So. Uh, Jackson loves him. It's a really smart organization that realizes the value in a speedster like him with the way they play. Jackson's a very good deep passer. What's not to like, except for he's kind of little. Yeah, I call I call those guys hot potato players. You mentioned it yesterday with, with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. There, there's these players that dynasty managers just talk themselves uh, out of even wanting on their roster at all. Uh Edward Zelaya has become one of those. Hollywood has really been one of those uh, since the start of his career. Part of it, his own doing. I mean, he's been inconsistent. He's been mm-hmm. disappointing for, for a first-round receiver. But you're right. He ended the 2020 season on a hot streak, and he has certainly continued that. So I think where he's being valued now at, at around 70 overall is, is a correction to where he maybe should have been all along. No, I think he's legit there, yeah. I mean, if we were doing a startup and he was there at 70, yeah, sure. Cooper Cup is the third biggest riser up 27 spots. He goes from 53 to 26 overall. So we're talking just outside of round three. Uh, Cup, one of those guys, maybe a little older than you realize. Hasn't been in the league that long, but he is 28 years old already. Uh, if If that's what it is, scaring people off of Cooper Cup, then I want to take advantage of that. Uh, early third round honestly feels like a steal for Cup. For as productive as he is, you know, we talked about as Mike Williams, a top five producer this year at the receiver position. Cup's ahead of him. Yeah. You know, I mean, if Williams is in the top five, Cup's ahead of him. And I keep thinking him and Woods are going to balance out. And I think Woods is still a nice buy low, but Cup's just better. 
I think this organization, and especially Stafford, love him. One little thing to throw out there, and I'm not jinxing the guy, but he plays a very, very physical brand of wide receiver, almost like Kyle Juszczyk. I mean, like, they put him in motion, and he slams into defensive linemen for the run game. I mean, so... Yeah, he's, just, he's not afraid to block. He, uh, no. You know, one of the best blocking wide receivers in the league. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I don't even want to... I don't even want to speak the words, but I know what, right, right. I know what you're thinking there. He's not bashful. When we come back, we'll continue to look at the top risers, and we'll move over to the top fallers in the latest Dynasty ADP as well. Hey, everyone. This is Matt Williamson with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. Uh, my listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Uh, just do- download the free Get Upside app at the App Store or Google Play right now. Use our promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus of $0.25 cents per gallon on your fill-up. That's that's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Uh, just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catches here involved. So the cash back gets added right into your account. You can, you can cash out any time to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card from Amazon. Just download the free GetUpside app and use our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN. Thanks so much. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Matt, we are talking Dynasty ADP risers and fallers today. We've already looked at and discussed the top three risers. That was Mike Williams, Marquise Brown, and Cooper Cup. All of those players gaining at least two rounds. And and Mike Williams up 70 spots from September to October Dynasty ADP, according to Dynasty League Football. Two other risers, as I mentioned earlier, both of these and all five of these risers are wide receivers. Both of these players up 21 spots and uh, different stories for these guys, definitely. But but they've both emerged as the top target on their team. It's Brandon Cooks up 21 spots from 89 to 68. And Debo Samuel up 21 spots from 72 to 51 Thoughts on Cooks and Debo? My only concern, again, I hope I'm not jinxing them, is is the injury history a little bit, you know, and they both, especially well, Debo plays really hard, you know, I mean, and takes a lot of big hits and plays like a running back. Cooks is the, the concussion issue, which is you never know when that could reoccur. So those are, you know, something you have to take in consideration if you're buying them or what their value is. But I like both players a lot, and... I think there's a very good percent chance that Cooks is not a Texan to finish this year or next year. Mm-hmm. And he there's a lot of spots you could say, wow, that, that upticked his value. That would be great news for him, I would think. Although right now he's just soaking up those targets. Uh, a huge True. a huge market share of targets. Uh, so that's, even though the Texans are terrible, it hasn't been a terrible spot for Cooks. And you're totally right when it comes to injuries. We talked about Cup. Cook, Samuel, all have uh, unfortunate, lengthy injury histories. Mike Williams does as well. 
So really, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, when we're talking off-season ADP and we're trying to build the 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 best roster, the prettiest roster that we can get, it's usually not going to include those players who have injury risk. So perhaps that's part of the reasons. Uh, part of the reason these guys even have the opportunity to be big risers is because they were a little undervalued because of that injury concern entering the season. Yeah, that's a good point. They probably lost some tiebreakers, especially at this position where there's just so many good receivers too. Yeah, it, it was weird. Again, back to Williams, looking at that ADP from September, Marquez Callaway, who was who was the hot pickup uh, entering the season, of course, for the Saints, was one spot ahead of Mike Williams. Wow. That one hurt. That one hurt. <laughs> Let's move over to the followers. I don't know if we should call them the top followers, the biggest followers in Dynasty ADP. This is uh, comparing September and October Dynasty ADP data from Dynasty League Football. Uh, we look for some similarities with the risers. All five were wide receivers. There's some similarities at the top here because the top two followers are both San Francisco 49ers. It, it was a big story the first couple of weeks, just the disappointment uh, that, that we were experiencing with Brandon Ayuk, the San Francisco wide receiver, and Trey Sermon, the rookie running back. And honestly, they both have continued to disappoint. Uh, and the 49ers obviously on by this past week, so maybe it's a, a little bit out of sight, out of mind. Uh, Brandon Ayuk drops 26 spots from 38 overall down to 64. Trey Sermon drops 20 spots from 62 to 82. I'm thinking when we do these mock drafts in November, these guys are probably both falling even further. Probably. Uh, I'm guilty of not being able to quit either one of these players. But I'm also starting to see the light a little bit with Kyle Shanahan, too. And... Uh, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree from Daddy Shanahan, and you get in that doghouse. It's just a very temperamental coaching perspective on usage of his skill guys. And I I kind of just don't want to be involved with any of them. I mean, in, in, in a way that reflects to Debo Samuel, too. I mean, uh, you know, Kittle all of a sudden hasn't been super productive even before his injury, you know, like it's just a volatile situation and is Lance good or bad for them? When's Lance going to take over? You know, like there's a lot of uncertainty that you can't plant a flag with them. And I think this, this team and, and Shanahan himself got a reputation. And I mean, I know I've kind of had this mindset and I have mentioned it on, on podcast and articles that, this is a team we want to invest in, right? We want pieces of this uh, of this offense, and it, it's what we've seen in the past. No matter which running back they plugged in, whether it was Mostert or Wilson or uh, or, or whoever it might have been, they were successful. They they turned these depth wide receivers into startable fantasy pieces, and, yeah. and and now you're right. It's just going the complete opposite way, and and this is becoming a team. Even if they're putting up points, I, I don't know that I want pieces of. Yeah, I mean, I want Trey Lance when Jimmy's out of the way because I know he's starting every week. Other than that, I I, I don't want my guy. I, I love Dayuk, and now he's in the doghouse, and you can't use him. Well, I do still have – I've got some hope for Ayuk. I mean, if we're talking Ayuk versus Sermon, Ayuk is definitely the one I still would want to target. Uh, if, mm-hmm. if the price is down enough, I would be buying him. Uh, I'm, I'm just already, I know we're six weeks into the guy's career, which 
is is a rough way to think about it, but I, I'm done with Trey Sermon. Yeah, I've been holding him in my redraft league, thinking I'm so smart that he's going to take over. He probably won't. On yesterday's show, we talked about some injured players to target and trade, looking ahead to either later in the season or perhaps next season. You said one of your top targets was J.K. Dobbins, and I agreed with that. He's one of the biggest fallers here, and this was uh, this was not injury related necessarily. We had already seen the big uh, the big fall from uh, borderline first rounder down to forty eight overall. That's where he was in September. He drops eighteen more spots uh, from forty eight to sixty two. Uh, I'm sorry, that's a little harsh. Sixty six, I believe. My, my math was a little off there. Uh, from 48 to 66 18 spot drop for jk dobbins i agree a a little harsh i I don't get it 48 we're talking end of the fourth round maybe maybe that's a little rich for for dobbins you're obviously not getting anything this year from but you still have still have hopes for 2022 certainly high hopes and if you've injured reserve spots or if you're not really in it to win it at this point He's a valuable, valuable commodity for me. I mean, he would still be fourth rounder, you know, right in that 48 neighborhood right this minute. And as soon as we get good news after the season, he's going to go up to be a second rounder, third rounder, you know. So, no, I I have no hesitations with Dobbins. Talked about Cooper Cup earlier in the show as one of the top risers, uh, one of the top fallers, Robert Woods. He's also down 18 spots from 57 to 75. We've seen a couple better games, I guess we could say, uh, the past two weeks from Robert Woods. Again, this data was collected at the beginning of the month uh, before he broke out of that, that mini slump to start the season. So maybe maybe he's not down quite this far. But if you're talking Cup and Woods, go back to September, their ADP was just three spots apart. Uh, there's a there's a huge separation right now between those two guys. Yeah, I mean, and not coincidentally, Cup and Samuel go up, Ayuk and Woods go down. You know, I mean, there's only one ball to go around. The thing that's a little different for me, though, is I think Van Jefferson, not, not too, too out well, but Van Jefferson was drafted to be Woods' replacement, and he, he's not on borrowed time, but on... A short amount of time with Stafford and then who knows and he could be at that age where people aren't giving him real money or counting on him to be a major contributor so I understand this Woods situation for sure the last follower we need to talk about is LaVisca Chenault down 13 spots just about one round in our dynasty ADP from 61 overall to 74 I think, honestly, this is a player we were just too high on as as a dynasty community overall. Yeah, it it sort of reeks of Corderell Patterson early in his career. He can do all these things. Coaches love that, but they also realize if you can't do the small little things that I need you to, run this sharp, crisp crisp out route at 12 yards on third and 10, well, then I can't feed you that much, you know, where – uh, the other receivers are a little more reliable. There's tons of ability there. And I'm really impressed with Lawrence more and more. I think L- Lawrence has turned a corner, so he's going to r- rise all ships a little bit. But Chenault's p- probably a gimmick guy. So that is our, uh, our our five top risers, our five biggest fallers. Again, comparing September 
and October Dynasty ADP. Matt, when we come back, I want to hear about some teams that you are still a little concerned on when it comes to their dynasty value and their current production. Folks, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get a tasty, affordable food. Uh, It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect and gather. I mean, a, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group. No one will have dependable Wi-Fi and all the French fries and McFlurries you could ever want. Uh, win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or the away team can come to recharge and meet up. Uh, it's a place where you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. It's always one of my favorite spots for that. Um, so <laughs> head to your local McDonald's and refuel and reconnect. And maybe you guys could even listen to the podcast while you're at it. So good stuff. Uh, go check out McDonald's. I'm loving it. Folks, I want to take a minute here to tell you guys about Built Bar. They've been a really great sponsor and ally here to the entire Locked On Network and to my family as well. My son's 14. He's really into lifting weights now and working out. He just crushes Built Bars as soon as they pretty much walk in the door. Um, My wife is kind of a chocolate connoisseur and she's real picky about the you know in these bars some of the chocolate you get on the outside is really waxy not the case at all with built bar and there's 18 amazing flavors including six new flavors caramel brownie cookies and cream cherry barcotta lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake apple almond crisp to go around to go with the original 12 flavors uh they're great for the health conscious guy or woman um you lose weight while indulging in a delicious treat um, some of these, all these bars have a little bit different qualifications, but let's just pick one out of the air here. Peanut butter has 19 grams of, pe- of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugars, and 5 grams of net carbs. Um, how about cookies and cream? Only it has 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and that's what you get with all these, which is unbelievable. So go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, all one word, and you get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Be sure to check out tomorrow's episode when Kate and Marcus preview Week 7 around the NFL. Now make your second listen the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. Matt, we talked uh, earlier in the season about some teams we were panicking on. I know... Some of those teams have kind of turned things around. Some of them not so much. So when you think about teams you're worried about, uh, not only on the field and their record and, and how they're playing, but specifically how that transfers and translates to uh, fantasy production and dynasty value for their players, uh, who are one or two teams you're still worried about now six weeks in? A big picture one is one we've mentioned the last two days is Seattle. You know, I just think that I just did extensive homework with them when they played the Steelers and just started realizing this team hasn't drafted well. They only drafted three guys this year. They went three years without a first round pick. They gave two first round picks up for Jamal Adams. 
their quarterback was unhappy a year, you know, six months ago, and now he's injured. Coach is very old. You know, like, is this, if you look at that roster, I mean, like, Metcalf's great. Where are the foundational, you know, first contract players, either fantasy or not? There aren't many. You know, Daryl Taylor's a nice player on defense, but, I mean, he's not, you know, exactly Nick Bosa. And it's like, man, if Wilson leaves, this team could quickly be a 4-5 or win team for a couple years. I did think it was kind of surprising that after that injury to Russell Wilson uh, on Thursday night, a little a couple weeks ago, the next day that the narrative kind of went back to what it was this offseason that is Wilson going to be gone from this team? That trade talk, not that they would trade him now. Obviously, he's, sure. he's injured and uh, that that's not happening. But just his eventual divorce from this team uh, kind of became a narrative that popped back up uh, on, on Twitter, on talk radio, on yeah, message boards. Yeah, six or seven games this year, you know? Uh, yeah, so I, I was a little surprised to, to see that. I didn't think that's how that would go and – uh, whether that originally came from Russell Wilson or, or not, you know, I guess maybe we'll never know. But uh, it does feel like that's kind of the way this this will happen, uh, that that these two sides are, are going to part ways, and that's going to be really bad news for Seattle. Yeah, I mean, they are so dependent on him, and without him, they're not a good team. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the Chicago Bears. Um, this team... It does feel like they have some pieces in place, um, at least on offense, obviously drafting Justin Fields, finally committed to him as their starter moving forward. We like Allen Robinson. He's been just horrendous this year. Uh, of course, David Montgomery out of the lineup for a few weeks. Uh, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, those are players. We were both suggesting dynasty manage- managers go out and target um, as we entered the season and, and thinking about what this offense with fields could really look like, it, they're so hard to watch. It, that is not a fun team to watch. No, I think they're slowly figuring it out that they need to run the football. They run the ball pretty well. They play defense. Fields is doing a little more each week. His talent shows up, you know, five to 10 plays a game and you say, Oh, okay. Um, you look around that division, this is more of an NFL than fantasy thing. They're, big picture, clearly in the best position quarterback-wise. Will their head coach be back? Uh, 50-50 at best. Uh, prob- no, way less than that. Yeah. What am I talking about? Yeah. And they don't have a first-round pick next year. You know, like, is Allen Robinson going to return? I'm a Fields believer, though. And I think that's an attractive job to a good offensive-minded coach. So, I'm not out on the Bears. Okay. Any other teams you are maybe out on? Our Niner conversation was a good one. It was kind of a different feel to it. What about Miami? They're hard to watch. I mean, they have the worst line in the league, in my opinion. And that's another one. I mean, they traded... They have San Fran's first-round pick, but they traded their first-round pick so they could go up to get Jalen Waddell, which... Could be right now. It's like second overall, <laughs> you know. Like, wow! And and how are they going to get their linemen? I thought Tua played well in London, but mm-hmm. he's not Herbert or Lawrence or somebody like that that's going to raise all ships, you know. Like, 
who this is that going to be a coaching change? They made a lot of bad personnel moves. Yeah, and, and it felt like, you know, of course, the way they ended last season, and they, they started last season kind of like they're starting this year, honestly, and, and went on such a hot streak, won 10 games, almost made the playoffs. Things were feeling pretty good. Yeah. And it's it's just gone downhill so quickly for that team. And, and you're right, that offense, I know they're, they've been missing pieces. Parker and Fuller have, have been out, too, of course, missed time. Yeah. But – I don't know if those guys are difference makers anyway, the the receivers I'm, I'm referring to. Right, right, especially if there's no time. I mean, the line is a real problem. I'm not sure they have their quarterback. I mean, that's, they got two offensive coordinators. You know, like there's <laughs> weird things going on there. Very weird. Uh, we talked about your team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, so much early in the season. Uh, some, some disappointment and frustration with the play of Ben Roethlisberger, how that affected Najee Harris and Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. And um, I, I feel like Big Ben has been better uh, the past couple of weeks. Um, Harris and, and, and Johnson certainly are, are starting to overcome that. Those guys are automatic weekly plays every week, no matter mm-hmm. what, no matter who the quarterback is. Claypool kind of hit and miss. We talked about it last week that the, the juju injury would ultimately uh, help all of those guys a little bit. Uh, you're right. The more I think about it, the closer Najee Harris is to the dynasty RB one. I'm I'm not quite there with him, but I'm I'm getting there. Yeah, I am too. And um, I'm a little biased, of course. But I mean, I wrote a little thing about the Steelers here. You know that you didn't even mention Fryermuth. His he's really starting to step up yep. too and be their top receiver uh, at that position. Ebron won't be around. Um, you know, like the whole passing game went through Fryermuth, Harris, Claypool, and Deontay. Deontay's the old man of that group, and this is his third year. You know, like, and Juju probably won't be around. Like, they set up pretty well for dynasty owners. You just have to squint a little of who the next quarterback's going to be. I mean, if it's going to be one of these rookies, that really hurts things. If they're going to go get Russell Wilson, we're going to be talking about him as a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You get excited thinking about these these young players who are already producing and think about the future, and and then you say, now all we need to do is find a quarterback, and then you realize how hard that is to do. Yeah, most years aren't like the past off season. We're like, oh, we could trade for Stafford or move up and get Lance or Fields. You know, like it doesn't look like there's gonna be that many to go around either. Yeah, maybe you'll have Andy Dalton next year. Who then? <laughs> then I'm worried. Or Rudolph. Yeah, we we would all be worried. Yes. That is it for today's show. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.